Hello all, you are my people. I would not have any recovery without you and without this program. I came into the program a long time ago. It feels like a long time to me, maybe 18 years ago. I came into the program 100 pounds more than I weigh today. I have, um, I came into the program feeling really desperate. I had been told for a long time that I needed to lose weight. I'm a compulsive overeater of the hardest kind. I'm a quantity binger. And so as far back as I can remember, I was trying to control this thing. I was trying to curb it somehow, put it back in the cage. It wasn't working. And coming into the program was the first place where I felt accepted. And I felt that I was among my, my people. These people knew what it was like for me on the inside. I kept coming back to the meetings because I tried all the commercial programs. Nothing had helped me. And I kept coming back to the program because I didn't know what else to do. But the way I was working my program wasn't quite working for me. It was really difficult for me to maintain any kind of abstinence. I was yo-yoing constantly, I was struggling, but I didn't know where else to go. And about the time I was on a visit to India and I had a chance meeting with a monk who happens to be related to me, I was taken against my will to go see him. I was not looking for a meditation technique, I already had one. And he taught me this particular technique. And he said to me, if you do this for 20 minutes every morning and 20 minutes every evening for two months, you will see what will happen in your life. He didn't tell me what would happen. He just said something would happen. I came back and I can never do anything for long, but two months and he didn't tell me what was gonna happen. I was really curious. I wanted to find out. So I decided that I was gonna try this for two months. So I would come home from work and I would drop my bags by the door and I would go to my bedroom. I have triplet daughters. They were about eight, nine years old. And they would be like, mommy, mommy. I'm like, I'll be right back. Close my door, I would meditate for 20 minutes and I would come out. And now I could hear what my children had to say to me. I could actually taste my food. And in the morning, before leaving my bedroom, I would, sit up in the bed, I would meditate for 20 minutes and then come out. Because I knew once I left my bedroom, I was never gonna meditate. My life was so insanely busy. And so I did it for two months, two months came and went, and I was hooked. Because what was happening on the inside was infinitely more satisfying somehow than everything else that was coming at me. I realized that when I closed my eyes, I was connecting to my deepest self in a way I hadn't connected before. And my cares fell away. I felt refreshed. I felt rejuvenated. I felt at peace. I felt really present when I came out. And all the things that were eating at me and that were making me eat other stuff were dissolving somehow, these knots were dissolving. 
And it's no accident that I was able to become abstinent after that, cleanly abstinent for the first time. I started feeling the care and presence of my higher power powerfully around me. I had never believed in meditation or prayer for that matter the same way. I had heard people say that this is a program of recovery where we need physical recovery, emotional recovery, and spiritual recovery. But I thought the, emo the spiritual part was just the frou-frou, hippy-dippy California part. And today I can see that that component is the most important component of my life because that's the deepest part of me. I'm more than my body, my physical self. I'm more than my emotional self. And it's my spiritual self that's the deepest self that governs everything else inside out. And this is the only way for me to connect to that. When I connect to that, I connect to a deep sense of harmony inside of me and a harmony that is interconnected with the rest of the universe. And when I come out or when I'm in that place, I feel no matter what is happening in my life, it is just perfect. My life is perfect. COVID, no COVID. Whatever ups and downs of life, my life is just perfect. So today, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, I don't open the refrigerator door. I close my eyes. And it feels like sinking into this deep place of comfort. I go into that place and I feel renewed. So this is something I go to extreme lengths to maintain my twice a day meditation. And it has brought incredible changes. And of course, it penetrated the other layers of myself. I became abstinent, the weight came off. I go to meetings, I work the steps and I maintain the contact with my higher power by prayer and meditation every day. And I would say meditation more than prayer works for me because meditation is when I can truly go deep. So this technique that I'm gonna teach you comes from ancient India, it comes from the Vedas, which is the body of knowledge from which yoga comes and Ayurveda comes and a lot of other bodies of knowledge. Why do we need to meditate? I told you what meditation does for me. It essentially plugs that hole that food could never plug and nothing else could plug. But why? Why do people need to meditate? Maybe other people don't have these holes. So we're modern beings. Our lives are super busy. There are demands of work and family and financial stuff and commute stuff and office stuff and political stuff, etc. We're constantly running. We get stressed. And slowly, with stress, our nervous system starts getting tied up in knots. And with time, these knots get more and more tied. Our nervous system gets tied with the knots. So our capacities to do and operate in the world get tied up. And less, of le and less and less of it is available for us to operate in the world. And fatigue sets in. And diseases set in. And we just say, oh, this is part of life. This is just the normal part of growing old. 
But the good news is that all these can be reversed by getting deep rest. How do we get the deepest rest possible? The deepest rest possible can be had through meditation alone. Because in our daily lives, when we are tired, we can sit down to rest. We can let, lie down, we can take a nap, but that rest only goes so deep. We can actually measure the amount of rest somebody is getting by the amount of oxygen somebody is consuming. When we are running, we are panting. I definitely pant if I have to run just even half a block. And that means the body needs more oxygen. When we are at rest, our breathing becomes quieter and we need less oxygen. So they measured the amount of oxygen we need when we are sleeping. When we go into deep sleep, our oxygen requirement drops by 8%. We could say that we're getting 8% rest in deep sleep. But when we meditate, the oxygen requirement can drop on an average about 18%. That's just the average. And often it drops far more than that. The reason this figure is significant is it's the depth of rest that is more important than the duration of the rest. So when we meditate and our mind experiences deep rest, the body and mind are connected, the body experiences deep rest and repair work in the body and mind starts happening. And so when we come out of meditation, we often feel recharged, energized, refreshed and Things like stress, anxiety, insomnia, depression, anger, these things get lifted. It helps with high blood pressure, low, pre low blood pressure, cardiovascular stuff, um, taste buds are reset, appetite is reset, et cetera, et cetera. And even physically, runners and athletes report more stamina and flexibility with meditation. So how do we do it? So this technique is very simple. We sit comfortably. We can sit in a couch, we can sit in a bed, we can sit wherever is most comfortable for us. We make sure that our back is supported, but our neck is free. So we don't put a pillow or something behind the neck so the neck is leaning against it. So the, back is, the neck is free, the back is supported. We close our eyes and that is physical rest. To give our mind rest, we take the help of a mantra. A mantra is a very special sound. It's a sound that has the quality of disappearing once it reaches a certain level. This special sound has been passed from one lineage, one generation to the next in the lineage of masters. It has particular vibrations that lead us to the very depth of the mind, to the very, our mind has layers upon layers upon layers. And so the sound transcends the various layers of the mind and brings us to the very bottom of the mind from where all thoughts arise, a place of pure consciousness. And then the sound disappears. Deliberately, the mantra has no meaning. Because if there is meaning, it creates activity in the mind. And we don't want to create any activity in the mind to get deep rest. We want complete rest. 
So if you're ready, we'll start with the meditation. Make sure you are seated comfortably. We'll close our eyes and we'll use, I'm going to time this. And we're going to use a mantra. The mantra we're going to use is ream, like a ream of paper. If you were spelling it, it would be R-E-E-M, ream, like a ream of paper. But remember, our mantra has no meaning. So we're not thinking of a ream of paper. We're not thinking of any meaning. And that is very deliberate. If a mantra were a flower, my mind would instantly start thinking flower, what kind of flower, what color flower, etc. So our mantra is ream. And maybe one of the hosts can type it in the chat. So if somebody were to come in late, then they know what the mantra is. So we'll begin by saying the mantra after me and gradually we'll say the mantra more and more softly till it becomes silent. And then we would think the mantra even more softly. We'll keep thinking the mantra even though the mantra becomes silent. So please repeat after me. Reem, reem, reem. You can close the eyes. Reem, reem. And it'll get softer. Reem, reem, Come silent. Please open the eyes. So you will notice that when we start thinking the mantra softly to ourselves, the mind starts getting some rest. We'll close the eyes and experience a little bit more and keep thinking the mantra softly to yourself.
please open the eyes. We'll notice that as we think the mantra softly in our minds, the mantra can become longer or shorter. It can become reem, reem, or it could become shorter, reem, reem, or it could become faster, it could become reem, 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 or it could become slower, reem, reem, reem. Whatever happens to the mantra, we allow it to happen. So we'll close the eyes and experience a little bit more. Please open the eyes. So we'll notice that the mantra could not only become longer or shorter, faster or slower, but parts of the mantra may become vague or hazy, or parts of it might disappear altogether. For instance, the mantra could just become re or could just become, um, if that happens, we allow it to happen. We do not focus on trying to say the mantra clearly and correctly, because even doing that is an effort. And in this meditation technique, we make no effort. The only instruction is to make no effort. And it's possible that if the mind gets enough rest, the entire mantra may disappear. And if that happens, that's absolutely fine as well. 
So we'll close the eyes and experience a little bit more. Please open your eyes. So for anybody who might have joined us late by a few minutes, um, I see somebody just coming in. Um, I just want to let people know that the mantra we're using is ream, like a ream of paper. And we're just softly saying it to ourselves. We're just not even saying it, we're thinking it as softly as we can when our eyes are closed. So realize that not only as we think the mantra softly to ourselves, it may become faster or slower 
longer or shorter, parts of it might disappear, but thoughts might start coming into the mind. And it is really important to understand the relationship of thoughts in meditation. These thoughts that we have in the meditation does not mean that we're not meditating. The thoughts mean that when we are meditating, the pent up stresses are beginning to get released. The knots of the nervous system, as the mind is experiencing some rest, the knots of the nervous system are beginning to open like a fist that's been curled up tight. And when the thoughts open, we experience that as an activity of the nervous system in the form of thoughts. It is just as if you are washing a garment, we see the soap coming out of the garment along with the dirt. Or if someone plucks a string of the guitar, it produces a sound. The moment the mind relaxes, the knots of the nervous system automatically start to loosen up. And when they loosen up, they produce thought. We experience it as thoughts. And because the thoughts are so beneficial to us, because it's an indication of something really beneficial taking place, in our mind, we don't stop the thoughts. We don't eject the thoughts. We don't try to prevent the thoughts in any way. We just allow the thoughts to be. And we keep thinking a mantra. It's possible sometimes during meditation that we might become completely unaware of the thoughts. We might be lost in a cloud of thoughts. And when that happens, that is because a very tightly held fist of stresses has suddenly been let go. And that creates a fog of thoughts. But eventually, we'll come to the realization, oh, I was meditating. And when that happens, we gently add the mantra as a side thing and continue meditating. Anytime we become aware that we were meditating, but we were in the thoughts, we gently add the mantra as a side thing, giving the mantra slight preference. But for that, we don't stop the thoughts and then add the mantra. We just add it as a side thing. So it's completely possible to have the mantra going on one side and the thoughts going on the other side and the two of them can run parallel for a while. And this process can be repeated any number of times. We don't classify the thoughts as good thoughts or bad thoughts. We don't choose between the thoughts as important thoughts or trivial thoughts. Whatever the thoughts, we allow them to be, and we gently add the mantra, and more thoughts just means more cleaning is taking place. And sometimes it doesn't feel very pleasant to be sitting in a cloud of thoughts because we might feel, oh, I'm wasting my time. I, I'm not meditating. My teacher always says that the purpose of meditation is not to feel the peace. The peace is the byproduct. The purpose of meditation is to get rid of the stresses 
that are holding us back, that are causing us damage. So with that, we'll close the eyes. We'll gently think the mantra reem and continue meditating for some more time.
and open the eyes. So as we meditate, we notice that not only thoughts come in a meditation, but if our mind starts getting sufficient rest and because the body and mind are connected, the body starts getting rest. If we are tired or there's a backlog of sleep, we might start feeling sleepy. And if that happens, that's perfectly fine. So when that happens, we sleep sitting up itself. We don't lie down to sleep because lying down is inviting sleep. We're just conditioned to lying down and sleeping. So we sleep sitting up itself. And what might happen is if you're really sleepy, our head might droop. And after a while, we might wake up. When we wake up, we straighten the head back up and just continue meditating. But we don't fight the sleep because the sleep plays a very important role for the body as well. The sleep removes the stresses in the top 8% of the mind. So we don't want to fight the sleep. We don't resist it and we don't invite it. And that is the last instruction for the evening. So we will experience some more. Please close the eyes.
you're muted. Poonam, you are muted. Yes. So please stay seated with your eyes closed, but stop thinking the mantra. Feel free to open your eyes. Rub the palms of your hands together. Rub them on your face. Turn your head. Back of the hands. Give it a good stretch. I hope that was restful and easy. We're really making no effort. We're really making no effort, so it should be easy. In fact, if we make effort on trying to say the mantra clearly or holding on to the mantra, we may get a headache. There is a lot more to this meditation. You may have questions that come up. If you do, please feel free to contact me. You could text me, call me. My phone number is 510-604-0799. Maybe one of the hosts can put it in chat as well. Thank you, Gwen. And my email is punamsmiles, one word with an S at the end, at gmail.com. And you're welcome to reach out that way also. And I say that just because questions are bound to come up if you're practicing. Because normally when I teach, it's a four-day course. You know, we meet for about two hours every day for four days. So all the questions get hammered out. But this is the abridged version. And one thing I want to mention is that when I started practicing this, I started feeling something really strange that I'd never felt before. It was this feeling of self-love. I'd never experienced it. I found myself saying sweet, loving names to myself. The committee on, in my mind had folded up and gone. It was such a strange feeling that I called my teacher in India, and I felt kind of silly calling him up to say, I don't know what I'm feeling, but this thing has been building up. And he said, yes, sometimes that's how it starts. 
the feeling of self-love expands until it starts including everybody in the world. And he said, great being in the world are people who love so much that everybody else becomes a part of themselves. So when they are being compassionate to somebody, it's not that they're being compassionate to this other person, that other person is part of themselves. It's like if I scratch my face because it's itchy, I'm not really doing my face a favor, I'm scratching my own skin. So it's the same thing, the feeling of compassion just grew and feeling of self-love. 